The Way Out Podcast, episode 137. I often am motivated to ask for help when the fear of failing on my own is greater than the fear of asking for help and showing that vulnerability and showing that quote-unquote weakness. Learning that asking for help in recovery is not going to exclude me, is not going to mean I'm less accepted. That was a big, big realization and something that is a whole, um, it shifts your whole perspective. When you ask someone for help, it helps them and you. It's a mutually beneficial exchange that establishes and strengthens the connection There's that connection word again, between you and the person you asked for help. That's a big deal. Being helpful, asking for help builds community and allows people to understand and see our humanness. It's a mutually beneficial exchange that establishes and strengthens the connection There's that connection word again between you and the person you asked for help. That's a big deal. Being helpful, asking for help builds community and allows people to understand and see our humanness. It's okay, you know, to be not okay. And we get that shit twisted and it takes that's the way we were all brought up you know that you got to be strong and you got to be independent you can't fucking trust anybody right and it's all garbage that's all garbage garbage welcome thank you for joining us on this week's installment of the way out sharing stories from people just like you who have recovered from alcoholism and other addictions the way out does not speak on behalf of nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization our purpose is to share with you one episode at a time, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. The Way Out Podcast is sponsored by Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous, online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends, in meetings, and with sponsees in recovery. Make sure to check out the official website of the Way Out Podcast at www.wayoutcast.com. There you will find links to our latest episodes on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Radio FM. You can also follow the Way Out Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Help us get the message out that lifelong recovery from alcoholism and addiction is possible by giving us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. Have a question or comment about an upcoming or previous show? Call us right now. Area code 218-382-1960. Call us anytime, day or night, and leave us a message on whatever is on your mind. Maybe it's a previous episode topic or something that you're struggling with in your own recovery. Call us at 218-382-1960. 
and leave the Way Out podcast hosts a message and we could feature it on our next episode. That's 218-382-1960. Help us recover out loud. Last but certainly not least, make sure to check out altrecoveryrings.com for stunning rings made from your very own recovery coin. That's allrecoveryrings.com. The Way Out Podcast is on right now, along with Alicia and Jason. I'm Charlie, and this week we're peeling the curtain back on the act of asking for help. Asking for help in life, and especially in recovery, can be one of the most difficult tasks we perform. As difficult as it may be for us, the reality is that this simple act has the power to transform our relationships and enhance our recoveries and lives as a result. We reveal why asking for help is so difficult, and there are concrete and universal reasons this is so, as well as why asking for help is so vital to a meaningful and lasting recovery. I hope you can bear with some goofy audio, courtesy of the buffer monsters invading the Zoom connection, as well as my tortured vocals due to an ambitious chest cold I'm enduring. You'll be rewarded with some serious spiritual gems. Plus, we share feedback from the Sober and Serious community and take your calls. Listen up. Jason. Alicia, welcome to the Way Out Podcast, episode 137. Hey, guys. Thanks, guys, for joining. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, thank you again. Welcome. (laughs) So we got a great uh, show (laughs) ahead of us. Uh, We're talking asking for help, which sounds like a rather simple topic, but as we uncover that topic, we're going to understand that's a little bit more complex than at first blush. But before we do that, Alicia, why don't you introduce yourself to the Way Out podcast audience? Share a little bit about uh, who you are and uh, a little bit about your recovery, and uh, then we'll dive into the topic. Hi, guys. My name is Alicia, and I am, let's see, my recovery date is December 29th, 2011. Um, So we're at close to seven and a half years. Um, You know, and our topic tonight is going to be asking for help. And for me and my recovery, that's been one of the best blessings and the biggest, you know, defect that I had to learn how to get over for me. It was a major part of some of my defects. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks, Alyssa, very, very much. Asking for help. So um, in terms of definitions, let's get those out of the way real quick here, right? Uh, I want uh, the definition of ask and then we're going to do the definition of help. Both of those are going to be instructive in terms of uh, the um, uh, understanding the nature of the topic. So uh, ask can be a verb, is a verb, but it's to request someone to do or give something. Some synonyms will request, demand, appeal to, apply to, petition, call on implore, urge, and join. I like the enjoin piece, and we're going to talk a little bit about about that too. And help, what does help mean? Help means to make it easier for somebody to do something by offering one's services or resources. 
boy, do we um, need a lot of help in early recovery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> and then, I still need a lot. Yeah, of right. Help. Right. We sure do. It is um, it is a uh, piece of my recovery that could be very difficult to ask for help. But when I get it, uh, it's a, actually a pretty transformative experience. So why do you guys think it's so difficult to ask for help or even to say the word help? And what I mean by that is often we ask for help without saying the word help, right? Like we oh, might, yeah. we might, um, you know, lay a difficult situation at the feet of somebody, but not actually request help, right? We might well, complain we, about something. That we are. Right. Yeah. So why do we think that is? Why is it so difficult to ask for help? Do you want to go first, Alicia? Or? Well, my brain is processing on how it's hard to say I need help and what it really is is removing any sense of myself from being able to say I can handle this and it's mm -hmm. very humbling to say I need help. It's a lot easier to just tell a story and share what's going on and expect somebody to fill in and offer to help without having to actually say, I cannot do this on my own. I need your help, you know, because it breaks out. It, it totally takes any sense of my ability to do it on my own away. And I don't know about you guys, but I like to pretend that I can do it on my own. And I like to pretend that I'm capable and I don't need help. But, you know, to be honest, we all need help and not just in early recovery. I've learned actually I need more help the longer I've been in recovery than what I thought I did when I first got sober. It's an interesting point you bring up, Alyssa, because this idea that mm -hmm. asking for help is a humbling experience, that you go through a process of having to admit to yourself first that mm -hmm. you can't do it alone, right? That you cannot in and of yourself do this and you require help. But sometimes it's maybe taking it to that next level and saying, yeah, I might be able to do it on my own, but it's not, got, not going to be near as beneficial. It's not going to be near as uh, transformative for me if I do it on my own. If I ask for help and I recruit one, two, three, four other folks to be able to participate in my recovery, then my recovery is strengthened by the resources of other people, right? For and sure. Their, yeah, and their recovery is strengthened by being able to be a resource. Mm, that's a, that's a, that's huge. We're gonna talk about that a little bit later. So, uh, asking for help is an act of peer and unadulterated vulnerability. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, for me, it's hard to um, really express like my core emotions sometimes. So it can that. I think is the biggest barrier for myself when it comes to asking for help is um, 
you know, just like saying the words is hard, man. Like, or uttering that I'm afraid or that I'm, uh, you know, I'm really going through a lot of anxiety right now is, is tough. It's, it's just tough to utter the words to like, you know, be vulnerable like that. Um, and, and you're, you're having a time of need, but maybe it's hard to recognize that it's a time of need because really all you're feeling is kind of like conflicted and confused and frustrated, um, that you came to pull yourself out of whatever the fuck the feeling is that you're feeling. So, like for me, that would be where my mind went when you were asking what's so hard about it. Um, but I do get, I think that ties right in with what Alicia said too about the humility piece. And, you know, just knowing that um, if I ask for it, I'll get it. And life's easier when I have it. Um, it's kind of a no brainer then, right? <laughs> you know, like no doubt. Ask for help, no doubt. It's actually, we have me, to experience guys. it enough to. Yeah, actually, for me, you guys, it's interesting as you guys are uh, talking about this. It's not, it's like competing fears for me, and what I mean by that is, uh, I often am motivated to ask for help when the fear of failing on my own is greater than the fear of asking for help and showing that vulnerability and showing that quote unquote weakness. So does that resonate with either one of you? Yeah. 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 A lot. <laughs> odd, actually, you know, I had to go through a situation very recently actually where it's like the fear of, I mean, and we all, you know, have to have to deal with, finances and whatnot in um, regular life and in recovery. And, you know, I never learned how to do a lot of that prior to, you know, becoming sober and entering recovery. And, you know, I had to reach out recently and have someone sit down with me and go over things to make sure that I was on the right track because I'm so terrified of messing it up to the point where I'm going to fail on my own that Yeah. I think we might have lost you there just for a second, Alicia, but I got most of what you were trying to say there. And, you know, the fear of asking for help, right, uh, often for me has to be trumped by the fear of uh, failure, of whatever situation that I'm dealing with, right? Uh, you know, I often, in, in, this, in these kinds of situations when we talk about vulnerability, uh, I often like to... Uh, invoke Brene Brown, which is Jason's Yoda. Uh, If you want a real (laughs) education on vulnerability and why it's so important and what that does for us when we embrace our vulnerability and our humanness and our incompleteness and our um, um, that we're not uh, our imperfectness, when we embrace that and when we stop being afraid of that is when we really begin to become more whole and really begin to go, go through a, a process where asking for help from other people becomes a sign of strength 
not a sign of weakness. It feels weak. We feel weak when we ask for help. I feel weak. I feel less than. I feel incompetent often when I ask for help, subjugated yeah. when I ask for help. I don't like that feeling. Right? Well, I think it's a confusing feeling and we just misread it. Like really what you're feeling is that that special thing that happens when you step out of your comfort zone that that uh daring greatly right and stepping stepping through the fear to to you know request help or or share something that's been hard for you to hold on to um and so that uncomfortable feeling is all it is it's uncomfortable because it's supposed to be because it's never easy to overcome right but we still um, yeah, we misread that feeling and we, and we turn it into a negative. We put a negative spin on it, but really it's all good. It's all good. You know, it's reeducating ourselves about what that feeling means, right? Because it's so different and it feels scary and it feels risky. Right. But as we embrace yeah. that, right. Recently I'd asked my girlfriend, uh, for a ride to the airport this week for a business trip uh, uh, early ass in the morning. I didn't like asking for help. I didn't like it. I didn't like that. But And I just had to ask. There wasn't, you know, sort of any way around it. I just had to come out and ask for it, right? Of course she was willing to help, right? But um, that's hard for me to do, right? It's just hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, uh, I, I asked for the help and I got it and I'm grateful for it. Right. Um, yeah, very, good. very grateful for it. The other thing is, is I think sometimes depending on the situation, depending on how we grew up, depending on the environment that we were raised in, we may not want to owe you one. We may not want to feel beholden to somebody as a result of asking for help. Yeah. That makes sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think whether I want to admit it or not, I always kept score before. Bingo. You know, like in my life, I always kept score. I didn't think I was keeping score when I did a favor, but as soon as I would fall on hard times and stuff, all of a sudden, here I am, I'm acting like an entitled asshole, and I'm throwing shit back in someone's face, and I'm telling them, you owe me. That's right. Um, so, yeah. Because, and I think that if we had that feeling that you just said where I don't want to be beholden to someone else, that that's a direct reflection of the fact that I treated others that way. So now I'm going to assume that other people are going to treat me that way. No doubt about it. And you hit the nail on the head. I reflect what I believe and I project what I believe, right? So if I help you and I'm keeping score, right? And I'm saying that fucker owes me one, right? Well, then <laughs> I'm also going to believe you're going to do that to me. Yeah. Which would cause me to hesitate to ask for help, right? But today I don't have that, right? Like I don't, I don't feel like if I ask somebody for help, I, I, that's not a fear of mine today. It certainly was. Uh, in early recovery and in active addiction, alcoholism, 100%. 100% right. was that way. Um, that I felt like 
well, if I ask so and so for help, um, they're gonna call. They're gonna come calling for it, and it's gonna be at the uh, at the worst time, right? I think yeah. definitely that aspect to it for sure. I know, um, you know, like you said, depending on the environment raised in, you know, I was where asking for help made you weak mm. and made you less accepted. You know, and you were a less than, you were seen as less than, you were excluded from things because you had to have help. Mm -hmm. You weren't strong enough to do it on your own. So learning that asking for help in recovery is not going to exclude me, is not going to mean I'm less accepted, that was a big, big realization and something that is a whole um it shifts your whole perspective it really does so let's move on to why is asking for help so important in recovery but in life right we're designed to help each other as a species it's actually how and why The human race even exists today. It's through the function of our interdependence. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the simple act of asking for help. We're designed as social animals to be interdependent. And so it's important to think about it that way. The other piece is people want to help. Okay? When you ask someone, as Alicia said early on or at the top, when you ask someone for help, it helps them and you. It's a beneficial, it's a mutually beneficial exchange that establishes and strengthens yep. the connection. There's that connection word again. Between you and the person you asked for help. That's a big deal. Being helpful, asking for help builds community and allows people to understand and see our humanness. Right. They view you as human. They view you as a... um, imperfect human and we can relate to that if we never ask for help and we always are trying to do everything on our own people are going to view us that way they're going to say well they don't ever need help (laughs) they've got it all handled right and really we don't but we just don't know how to ask for help right but when we turn the tables and we start asking for help people view us as a imperfect human that's relatable that's that we can connect to and that's a good thing it's transparent yeah yeah it's that transparency they can see you instead of seeing the image you portray they can see the reality of who you are and you know when i think of as you were talking there charles you know you said asking for help and they can be of help but you know, in this program, we learn to be of service and it's the exact same thing. That's right. You know, we're giving other people the opportunity to be of service to us. 
And Mm -hmm. it's not easy for me to say, I need someone to be of service to me. You know, I need someone to see that. I need someone to know that I am not capable, that I, I cannot do this. But it's then again, it's that transparency, it's that vulnerability, it's that humbleness. Absolutely. Yeah. Nailed it. Absolutely well, nailed it. Last night, I, I took a topic last night at this meeting and I talked about the responsibility declaration, AA, and it this guy in the meeting, when he shared what it meant to him, he had said something so profound to me. And it's the second line. It says, when anyone anywhere asks for help, I want the hand of AA to be there. Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, that's not just in the program. That's anyone, anywhere. You know, he really emphasized those words and it like blew my mind, dude. Cause I was like, right. You know, and it's, it is, it, it draws back to where they talk about like, this is a design for living. Right. And if you work these steps and you, and you try to practice these principles in all your affairs, it's going to change your thoughts, beliefs, and it's going to change you at your core. So now it's not all about me anymore. And I want to be of service to other people. And I also, through that process, I learned the value of being vulnerable and the benefits that I get from, from letting myself be seen and asking for help. You know, this shit is hard in the beginning. Like that's what we're talking about right now really is like how hard it is right all the time. But, um, really it gets easier, uh, as you practice it. And it's just something that we need to put into practice repeatedly in our lives, you know? So I, I think that was awesome that he said that because it, it's like, this isn't just, you know, in the program, this is, get this is how we want to live that's right all that's right that's right if we're doing this thing right we're bringing it everywhere right uh we're bringing it to work we're bringing it home and 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 practicing these principles in our families in our home lives in our work lives in our social lives right we're really trying to embody uh this uh these spiritual principles across all facets of our life and that's really when we're living recovery in an integrated way and not a compartmentalized way. And when I live in an integrated way, then I feel like it's an authentic part of me and an authentic part of my life. And it makes it a part of, you know, it becomes who you are, not what you do. It's, you know, when I go to work, I'm asking for help to learn how to do something when I help me understand this when I'm in a relationship, I'm saying, help me communicate this and being able to do that and continuing to practice that request for help starts to become who I am, not just something I'm doing. That's right. That's right. And again, it's so important to stress that you're doing, you're, you're helping somebody else when you ask for help and that's the person that you're asking, right? You're helping them feel useful. You're helping them feel important. You're helping them feel valued. And that's a big deal. Right. There's a, there's this, uh, you know, I often feel honored when somebody asks me for their help. Right. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Because they thought of me as somebody that could provide that for them. right? Right. So I, I, I really do feel pretty honored when somebody asks me to help them. And I forget that when I'm asking for help. Right. Right. Yeah. 
it is funny how that works, isn't it? Like when I know that somebody's showing uh, some intense resistance to it, or they try to ghost me right after they ask for help or something, and I'll be like, "Dude, you know, please." don't do that. Like, don't shut off. Don't shut me out. Don't do that. (laughs) And and I'll explain this shit to them in, in such a like pumped, passionate way. But yeah, then when the tables are turned, (laughs) I I exhibit that same behaviors or, or at least those same emotions. Maybe I might recognize them because I have the gift of self awareness today and then um, not act on, the feelings, but I still feel that shit. Right. And I still feel Mm -hmm. like, like I am being a burden or something, you know? Absolutely. No doubt. And the the funny part is, is, you know, it's easier to be of service to help somebody than it is to say, I need help. You know, I'm great at trying to jump in and, um, you know, fill that need without someone needing to ask me. And I had actually been prompted by my sponsor recently to not fill needs until I am asked because I am then preventing the other individual from asking, you know, I'm taking that learning away from them. If I jump in with a sponsee and immediately address an issue that I know she needs help with, I'm not letting her learn how to be transparent and be vulnerable and show that side of herself that needs that help. Well, yeah, right. A- Cause their first step is to recognize their problem. Right. Yeah. And to go through that experience of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and learning how to handle the emotion. I mean, right. let's be honest. Most of us don't know how to handle any emotions on <laughs> a, a real oh, basis. 100%. So when we're trying yourself. to, Well, yeah, let's, I mean, seriously, I, for one, ran from every single emotion my whole entire life. So trying to learn how to, what is this? Number one, what is this called? Is this, you know, like you said, it's vulnerability. Okay. But I've never even been able to put a name to that. And if I'm jumping in and filling those needs for somebody, they are not going to learn how to put a name to that. Nor am I learning to put a name to the fear of asking for help if I'm not willing to put myself out there and be aware of it and do it? You know, I, I relate to what you just said. It made me think about how when you, when you really start to like develop these skills that we learn in recovery, it's almost like a fucking superpower. And, and as a result, that is, I think a struggle that everybody has to go through is you have this heightened awareness now and it's like, boom. And it's mm-hmm. not even just with others too. It's with myself too, you know, and I get all conflicted and fucking I'll take myself round and round. Yep. But it's, it's weird because yeah, you'll jump in and what you really do is you freak people out. You, you, you piss them off. You, you know, you make them feel alienated. Their brain mm-hmm. can't even fucking like handle what you're telling them. In right. the moment. And, and you're like, but it, it doesn't matter how well you articulate it because until somebody experiences it, like you guys said, you know, uh, goes through those essential steps first before they get to that big revelation that you, you might as well be talking Spanish. You're telling them that revelation. You're just pissing them off, you know? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which I've done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'll do it again. Not because yeah, not I want like, to. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. It's because it's so easy for, you know, me, which it's all like the judgmental thing, you know, like you, like you said, you used to be able to keep score. Well, it's easy enough for me to say, well, they need to learn this. And then to boom, tell them, well, you need to learn this. Well, how am I supposed to tell them they need to ask for help because they're preventing others from serving? I mean, that's something they need to experience just like I had to experience it to grow to be where I'm at. That's right. We are going to take and listen to some comments from the sober and serious community on asking for help. We're going to hit this promo first. Time now to hear what the sober and serious community says about this week's topic. Every week we share select responses to the weekly show topic, which is posted every Wednesday as the topic of the day on Sober and Serious on Facebook. Your experience, strength, and hope continue to amaze and inspire. So keep up the great work, you guys. Uh, yeah come on now <laughs> i love it all right so we always use initials in order to protect the innocent as many of you know the topic see that i threw out to the sober and serious community was asking for help can be extremely difficult for us why do you think that is and how do we overcome this right? so lt says first i know the right response but i don't like the answer second I'm an egotistical maniac. Third, asking for help in my past life ended in hurt. Fourth, I don't want to have to owe you one. Yeah. How to change, question mark? Start small and just ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Start small, I like that. You know, I mean, the big things, if you could start now small in the beginning of recovery, it'll definitely help the transition for when big things happen because they will. You know, oh, that's such, a, such an important thing you just said there, Alicia, is that just like, you know, often sponsors will have you call them every day, mm -hmm. uh, regardless of what's going on, even if they don't answer, leave a message. Why is that? Why is that? Well, mm -hmm. because when shit's going down, they want it to be really easy to yep. pick up that phone, right? Have right. it. Yep. Yep. Nobody ever listens to that shit either, by the way. <laughs> at, least, at least not in my ex experience. That's but, so uh, true. Dude, or, you know, we do right away. But right, then, right. you know, after a week or two, it's, you know, exactly. I, in my experience, it just doesn't happen. And people are like, well, why do I have to call you every day? I don't have a desire to use today. And I'm like, well, it's not really about the desire to use. It's about the desire to share with me your daily goings on so that you get in the habit. So then when something bad goes on, you're in the habit already. Of sharing no. that. That's right. Well, and, and it's, picking up that phone, following suggestions, yeah. right? Yep. Like, like, does it fucking matter? I'm your sponsor. I told you to do it. You should do it because you're supposed to follow suggestions. Yep. Yep. You know? But it is what it is, and I try to be lenient because I don't want to like block anybody's opportunity. But what right. you said and that what that guy, what was his initials? I can't. Lt. Lt. He said some shit that just reminded me so much of a guy. Um, that I know who just recently 
his life seems to be taking a deeper spiral and it's showing in some of the stuff he posts on Facebook. He posted a thing today that said, just remember, nobody gives a fuck about you unless you have money, a car or drugs period Mm -hmm. or something like that. And I, and I literally reading it, my initial response was like, that's ridiculous. You know, like what the fuck? But then I, you know, try to take on the perspective. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh yeah, you know, I get it. Like I remember even after years in the game selling drugs and stuff, like I learned that lesson time and time again. So once you know it, you would think that it would hurt less when shit hits the fan and everybody's like, poof, gone, like some crackhead magic. No, it still hurts. There's always one or two that you really think are a deeper bond than that. Um, so I thought about that. Like he really got me thinking with that simple little post. And I told him, I just said on there, I said, it depends on your circles. And I know that's a fact from experience. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, we our our life. Our life is informed by the, the people, the five people that we hang around with most. Right. So if we're hanging around uh, five people that uh, act and believe like that, like that, that post you said, Jason, well, that's, that, that's the reality of it then. Right. If the company we keep, uh, it is, uh, uh, is positive and uh, supportive and, uh, is uh, interested in helping us grow. Build challenge, yeah. Yep. Then, then, then that's going to be your experience, and that's going to be your reality. So, KM says alcoholics have been asking for help since the first time they drank. They are used to getting it from a bottle, though. Asking a human being for help when you think (laughs) you aren't used to asking for help is a lot more difficult. I think that's an arguable statement because you know. It's, it's not like some, not everybody's seeking a solution to something when they start partying. Sometimes it's just for fun or whatever, you know, it's, um, you know, different. And I think that's what the difference is between like a normie, right. And like an alcoholic is, or an addict is that we are self-medicating for something. We're trying to stop something, block something, kill it and, and not feel it. And, and so that, I mean, obviously that person who said that is, is an addict or an alcoholic because that's their perception, right? And that's their reality. But in, in all reality, that's not the way it is for everybody, I would say. I would agree with that. We see a lot of fear, a lot of fear and ego. So CH says fear, ego. RS says fear. KM says asking for help means admitting a problem. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Mm. You know, in order to say, I went through a period about a year and a half ago where, you know, I actually had to go to my sponsor and I was talking to her and I'm like, you know, I, she's like, you need to talk to the other girls about this because, you know, we have quite a few women that are sponsored by my sponsor in our group of women. And she said, you know, you need to talk about this in our meeting. And I'm like, well, can I just talk to you about that? And she goes, you're really, um, what were her words exactly were that I was not being willing to admit that I had a problem in the first place at Mm. the stage I was in recovery Mm. because I, in my mind said, I'm this blank, blank sober. 
I should not be having this problem. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to admit that Mm -hmm. I'm having this problem. Mm -hmm. And that's that pride. Yep. Exactly. That ego that says I should be fixed by now. I should be healed by now and I shouldn't need any more help. Right. I'm done. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Jason. You were talking. I was going to say, or it's like, you know, in the program, you've been in it for a while. Maybe you've helped a few people out who have stayed sober, and now people are starting to, you know, words getting around, and you're starting to develop this reputation. And then people are putting you on a pedestal, and they're looking up to you. And now all of a sudden, unbeknownst to you you find yourself like preserving a image right oh yes instead of instead of realizing and remembering right like your roots that you're sick too what will people think of me if i'm asking for help you need help right i'll no longer be the recovery ninja Yep. What do they used to say? Mr. AA and Mrs. AA? You know, I heard that a lot when I first got sober and I know for me, it's, they're not going to accept me anymore. Mm. And it, but it is, it's like Jason's saying, it's that fear of not being seen the way that you've become to be seen. Yeah. GP says false pride, ego, lack of self-worth felt defeated, unworthy and hopeless. Took me a year to realize asking for help is a source of strength. And empowering. So grateful to everyone who supported me when I was struggling to get out of my own way. Dude, I got goosebumps off that one. Well said. Well, you know, and that's we talked about it earlier. You have to experience it to begin to even understand or recognize the significance and the importance in it. When you can ask for help, when you can when you can break down in front of somebody, when you can just scream out that you feel fucked up and you don't understand why, you know, and like it's okay, you know, to be not okay, and we get that shit twisted, and it takes. That's the way we were all brought up, you know, that you got to be strong and you got to be independent, and you can't fucking trust anybody, right? And it's all garbage. That's all garbage, garbage. PD says surrender is a leap of faith. Living with defense shields provoked by the lack of trust in other people for many years, wallowing mm. in an irrash- in an irrational vague fear, and believing that I could and had to figure this shit out by myself for myself made asking for help appear impossible. Mm. As with any fear, there is no way to eliminate it. It must be walked through in my case i made the vulcan decision asking for help was the only logical path i love it he's got a kind of a gift for the written word i was just gonna say he summed up everything we just said in the last 30 minutes in one little one little paragraph he waxed poetic on that didn't he yeah well done all right, well, uh, speaking of waxing poetic, we're about to listen to some folks waxing poetic via phone call, but we're not going to do that until we listen to the amazing promo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Amazing. 
It's time once again to take some calls from the Way Out podcast listening audience. If you want to call the show, you can call 218-382-1960 and leave us a message on the current week's topic. Your calls make a real difference. So we here at the Way Out podcast extend a heartfelt thank you for your contribution. So let's bring on the calls. Hi there. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hello. Hola. Hola. Um, hello. Hola. 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 Heck yeah. So as we talked about pre-show in our pre-show production meeting, I'm going to play these phone calls. I can't hear them in my own headset, but Alicia and Jason can. So I'm going to play these amazing phone calls. Uh, I think Jason and I both asked for help and got got it in the form of some phone calls. So uh, that's what asking for help does, right? It's a good thing. It is a very good thing. Uh, to do that, and uh, as soon as I, uh, I find the right uh, uh, the right piece here, we're going to do that. So there we go. <laughs> there we go. Bingo, bongo. You need like twenty computers. So yeah, everyone. right. All right. So let's do this. Yeah. Hey, way up, podcast. It's your co-host, Colin. This is Alex, by the way. Uh, I just wanted to call in and share what I have to say um, on asking for help, because I'm not going to be able to make it uh, this week and probably next week as well. But, uh, you know, for me, asking for help uh, was a huge step in what made the recovery I know today. Um, You know, it, it can be something as simple as saying, you know, I don't know what to do and, you know, looking, looking to others for advice or suggestions or, uh, things like that. And, you know, once I, once I found my way into a 12 step program, uh, you know, I'm, I'm someone who's very stubborn and self-sufficient by nature. I, I don't, I don't like getting help from other people, you know, uh, to a detriment actually. And, uh, one of the things that, um, asking and, asking for and receiving help looked like for me was just not saying no uh unless it was to drugs or alcohol then i said no every time (laughs) but uh you know honestly uh you know i remember i made it to my first meeting i my uh the group i went to made sure i left with a big book and a meditation book which honestly was number one that was top so shout out to blaine allen i was squad 808 right that was that was right. really awesome of you guys, but anyway, um, the other thing was when I uh, I was on I was getting a ride from fellowship, and the guy who happened to give me a ride said, "Do you have a sponsor?" And I said, "No." And uh, he said, "Do you want one?" And I said, "Yes, I do." And he said, "Well, you've got a sponsor now." And you know, I mean, when when people offered to help me. You know, I mean, it was clear I needed it, right? Otherwise, I mean, I, I wouldn't be where I was if I didn't need help, right? And when people offered to help me, just not saying no. And eventually it got to a point where I was able to reach out and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I do need some help with this or that. Or, you know what? Hey, 
you know, I need a little bit of spiritual help or, you know, hey, I need a ride somewhere or, you know, just I'm I'm going through uh I'm going through something and I'm I'm looking for some suggestions, you know. Um and honestly without asking for help, you know, without uh actively seeking out help from others in this program, you know, I, I shudder to think where I might be otherwise. I know that I wouldn't have the solid foundation uh it within my recovery that I know today. I know that And then here's part two of Alex's share. Hey, it's Alex calling it again. I got cut off for the first time ever. And honestly, I'm a little bit excited about that. But anyway, uh, one of the things that asking for help has taught me is to look look out for others who ne- might need help but are, you know, kind of in that same boat that I was in. You know, a little bit too shy, too proud, too, you know, too scared, too stubborn to ask for help. And so it, it opens uh, it opens up some doors for me to, you know, look, look at where I'm at and say, you know what, hey, am I in a position to be of service? Am I in a position where I have the means to help this person, right? And, you know, if, if I'm in, if I'm spiritually able, if I'm, if I have the means to make it happen, you know, you can, you can bet your bottom dollar that every time, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach out and say, hey, you know, do you need a ride? Do you need some help? You know, like, you need help getting to meetings, you, you know, like it, it It has shown me a way to navigate those who uh, who may remain silent for very, you know, a, a varying number of reasons. But honestly, asking for help is it is essential to what keeps us recovering. It's essential to what what uh, what will help us start our journey and 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 maintain the you know, maintain the progress in our journey. And that's all I got for this week, guys. I hope I hope you have a wonderful week. I look forward to seeing what uh, Charlie and Jason have to say this week, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you, Alex, so much for your help in calling in uh, to the show, brother. Thanks, yeah. Alex. You know, I really, really like, you know, Alex had mentioned how in the beginning people said – people recognized where he needed help and pointed that out to him. Hey, I see that you need a ride. Hey, I see that you're struggling with this. And then they offered to help him with those things. I think, which is not only are we teaching newcomers to recognize the needs that they have, but we're making it okay for them to start asking for help. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, you know, I really like how he mentioned that in there. I mean, he had said so many good things, but you know, that was the one thing that I think that we don't pay enough attention to is how we get to teach the people that are coming into the rooms for the first time that are seeking help for the first times. You know, if we start pointing out obvious little things where they might need help, Hey, it looks like you're having a bad day. It looks like you'd like, you know, would you like to go have a cup of coffee and sit down and talk about that? You know, we're teaching them it's okay. Yep. And I like that. And Jason is often telling us, and I love this, that when we ask for help or out loud, what are we doing? Jason, we're giving permission yeah. yes. for other people to do the same. Well, right. 
it's it's like you know when you share your story and now all of a sudden you got somebody talking your ear off about their story where they've been coming for months and they didn't say nothing and it's it is it's because people just that's that terminal uniqueness dude it's like it's it paralyzes people and they don't get out of that until they hear enough and see the change happening and they get some hope, you know? Absolutely. We got Brenda coming up. Hi, Jason. Hi, everybody. This is Brenda. I'm calling Um, on the topic of um, asking for help. It is something that I struggle with every day, just about. Um, But in the recovery, um, at first when I, when I started my journey of getting clean, I didn't realize there was places out there to ask for, you know, help. I didn't realize there was any, you know, and I kind of just did it on my own. And then I found the Minnesota Recovery Connection, I have to say, um, kept me strong in my recovery because they're amazing. Um, But a lot of the reasons why I have trouble asking for help is because Throughout my journey, I found that uh, obviously I was asking the wrong people for help, first of all. And it's hard to tell the difference sometimes because people that you think are supposed to be there for you aren't really always the ones you should be asking. It's always. Or that have the ability to help. Um, (coughs) And um, another thing I realized is that I don't always make my needs clear of what you know what I'm asking for and uh, I just want everybody to know that it is okay to ask for help but we have to you know make that first step something I tell myself all the time and I still don't listen but I try and never give up thank you you guys have a great day thanks Brenda Brenda thank you so, so much for your help Yes, you know what absolutely. they say about those unspoken expectations, right? No. Never get mad. What's that? You yeah, if you don't tell them I, what they are. I said, I, oh, yeah. I was like, somebody some, somebody told me that once, and I went, oh, damn. Like, it made me freaking my brain. All right, say that, say that all together one more time about unspoken expectations. I want to hear that one more time. You know what they say about those unspoken expectations? No, they what? Never, they never get met. No doubt about it, my brother. No doubt about it. Boy, was I really good at expecting people to live up to a certain standard, right? And when they didn't, resenting the living shit out of them mm-hmm. for not. All the while, they had no idea. Yep. Yeah. None. Absolutely. I was holding resentment, resentments against people for things they had no idea that I was expecting of them. Yeah. Right? I mean, isn't that a mind fuck? Yeah, it is. Dude, you nope. think that it's like you fucking, you put so much of your energy into oh. the think, thinking about this thing that in like, like your Jedi mind tricking them or something like you think you implanted it in their head and they got to know. They got to know. Right. How could, they not? How could you not know? That I'm doing this right. Right. 
But uh, you know why we think that they know? Because we're passive fucking aggressive, and everything that we do do is like real slight and like sneaky, like little behaviors that we do. So we think that they're like really, you know, they're getting the point because I'm treating them like this and I'm doing that. But really, they're just probably thinking, "What the fuck's wrong with Charlie, man?" Right. You know, if anything at all, or they're just like, "Whatever, fuck that." And we got Peter coming up right now. Hi, this is uh, Peter Kahn. Um, on the topic of asking for help. Yeah, um, you know, I guess one thing that I have learned uh, in my recovery is that, um, you know, I had this preconceived notion uh, for many years, and I think this is shared by many, many people, um, and I think especially men, to be honest, but um, which is that asking for help is a sign of weakness. Um, and showing any kind of vulnerability is a sign of weakness. Uh, what I have found out in my recovery is that it's, it's exactly the opposite. Like so many things in, in recovery, it's um, the opposite of what we do, have been doing, is what we need to do. Um, and for my recovery to grow, I needed to ask for help and I needed to be vulnerable. And that takes incredible strength. Uh, not weakness. It takes strength. Um, if I have a choice of, of, of acting like I got my shit together, um, that's easy. I can do that seven days a week and twice on Sunday. I've done it my whole life. I can act like I've got my shit together. But it takes real guts and strength for me to admit to somebody that I don't and to ask somebody for help. Um, so uh, the easier choice is the choice of weakness. The easier choice for me is to not ask for help. The most difficult choice is the choice of strength. It's the choice of recovery, and that's asking for help. Um, and another thing is that when I ask somebody for help in recovery, I have to remember that I'm giving them a gift because I'm helping their recovery when I ask them for help. Um, so I deny people the opportunity to grow in recovery when I don't ask for help. So it's actually selfish as well. So that's all I got. Um, I hope everybody has a wonderful Mother's Day. Bye-bye. So before we close, Alicia, Jason, what I wanted to do, we recorded this on Mother's Day, so I wanted to take just a moment uh, to, to say a couple of things. For every single mother that's listening to this show right now, happy Mother's Day. I know it's not always a happy day uh, because there might be some things going on that make it a hard day for you. Uh, whether that be stuff going on with your own kids or with your mom or whatever's going on. So whatever is going on in your life. And if mother's day is hard for you, ask for help. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, just yeah. ask for that help because you are absolutely not alone. Mother's day can be really, really hard for people that are either contemplating recovery or an early recovery, or even in long-term recovery, right? Well, I would even yes. add to that that moms are like the um, eternal helpers, right? Like yes. they're always on top of it for everyone in their lives, and they just carry the load. And you guys are so strong that you you don't you forget that sometimes it's okay to ask for help. And um, yeah. moms need help too. Moms yes, deserve it. Like, right? Yes, you deserve it. 
Absolutely. You find, you find your purpose and value in taking such good care of everybody else. Like, so you should also see that there's value in you getting help you need too. Yet I hope that you all have an awesome day and I love you, mom. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Alyssa, Jason, thank you so much. Be good, everybody at Way Out Podcast Land. We will see you. See ya. Next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for being a part of The Way Out. We appreciate your ears. We're sharing powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics every week. So keep listening up. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com. That's wayoutcast, all one word, dot com. There you can subscribe to the Way Out podcast on all of the major podcast aggregators, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, and more. Or simply drop your hosts a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact us at share at wayoutcast.com. See you next time. And remember, if you don't change, your sobriety date will.